Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing at Daytona, boys and girls. Welcome into episode 21 of the Tuesday Track Talk featuring your three stones pit crew. I'm your gas man, Cam. I'm your jack man, Kellen. I'm your tire changer, Cam. And this week, uh, we got a busy week. Uh, get the Super Bowl out of here. Get those headlines out of here. Now we get to the real season. It's racing season. And we are going to the Daytona 500. So we're going to be talking all things Daytona this week. Um, and then we're also going to be talking some, just some expectations uh, coming into the 2024 season. Uh, different storylines, driver changes, new bodies being debuted. Um, so we're going to get into a lot of things NASCAR in this episode, uh, rightfully so. So how are we doing, boys? Good. Good, good. Rain, rain is uh, taking away high limit night one, which East Bay looked solid, but um, they're probably going to lose the track. So it's also it's hurting uh, as we're recording here on Monday. Uh, it's also hurting in Volusia for the USAC sprint cars as well. So high limit's got the work cut off from my night one. <laughs> that is. The unfortunate part of racing, nobody can beat Mother Nature. Yep. So, um, a little disappointing, guys, didn't come in with a little bit more energy there. Uh, <laughs> that intro, you guys are like, oh. dude, I am running, I am running on not fumes, but I'm definitely not eight cylinders. Uh, <laughs> between the game last night and then traveling this morning and hitting a six a.m. flight and just the day of work and yeah. But he's here for the people. Exactly. I am here <laughs> for what for what really matters. He's a kick in the ass, but I'm here when it counts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, as sad as it is, I really enjoy football. Super Bowl wrapped up last night. Obviously, Chiefs get the win. Um, kind of an interesting game, but um, it's just perfect timing. Football wraps up and as football is wrapping up, racing is ramping up. Uh, so feels like we're starting to get back into the swing of things here on the dirt scene, asphalt. I mean, we, we do this every, I feel like every episode, a shameless plug, but man, if, if you want to watch racing and you don't think $175 for flow is worth it, um, would have been worth it in the last week. And between high limit World Series of Asphalt and ASA are going. Um, Lucas Oil. Get on the train because it's leaving. So, um, yeah. You guys ain't got anything else? You ready to no. jump right into this? Yeah, we got, we got a good amount of stuff to cover, so I'm ready to go. Yep. Perfect. Well, <clears throat> let's jump right in as we always do, just touching on a couple races that we had um, over this last weekend here. And um, as we do um, often, let's jump right into the gas man's favorite series, uh, Lucas Oil Late Models racing at East Bay. Um, so if you didn't catch the race preview I dropped, I dropped a race preview uh, late Thursday night, uh, previewing the feature on uh, Friday and Saturday. So I don't know if you guys got <clears throat> a chance to watch the, the whole program on Friday and Saturday, but... We'll just kick it off to you guys. Just <clears throat> initial thoughts. JD got the win on Friday night and Dalton Wilson on Saturday. So any initial thoughts there? 
I'm going to say my initial reactions are the amount of guys that claimed so many spots in the future. Like you turn around and you had a handful of guys like plus 10, plus 11. Mikey Marler was king for that. Um, but that racetrack was just so racy that you just, you had guys like plus nine, plus 10, plus 11. Like they just had that place so hooked up for those guys to move around and find speed. So obviously absolute phenomenal racing product, but the ability for guys to come from the back, it was insane. Uh, I won't say this was intentional, but all week, I think Marler was going for that hard charger every night. Yeah. What so, was that? Was that Thursday night that he went like 23rd to 2nd? Uh, I was the 7th, so that would have been Wednesday, last Wednesday. Um, he, went from, he went 23 to 2. Because <laughs> he got that, he passed yeah, Davenport there right at the right at yep. the end. JD said he could hear him coming, so he just left him a lane, and he got him right at the line. But, no, Kellen, your point, that track was absolutely phenomenal. And to your point, the Chargers, I mean, you were looking at three, four, lap, five laps, and guys were plus 10. I mean, Ricky uh, Thornton Jr. was getting behind the eight ball. Um, I think it was Friday and Saturday. He's behind the eight ball. I think it was Saturday for sure. He, he started in the 20s, and it was like four laps in, and he was – First caution comes out and they're like, Ricky Thornton Jr.'s plus 10. He's up to 10th. And it's like, oh my gosh. So Saturday, he went from 20 to 8 plus 12. Uh, Drake Troutman on Saturday went from 30 to 9. Oh my God. Uh, Brandon Bishop went 28 to 7. Thornton went 25 to 6. And Winger went 19 to 5 on friday well even to that point you're adding up those numbers i mean we're we're talking passing 60 cars between a handful of guys in those couple nights of racing second net time bring him up mike marler he went 19 to 7 on thursday that's another plus 12 <laughs> so he got he's gotten two yard chargers on the week basically that's, and that's a guy that's committed to run lucas oil so First, but that was my that was my initial reaction. Just felt like every time we turned around, which obviously the racing out front was awesome too. But it just felt like every time we turned around, home, oh, he's up ten, he's up nine, he's up thirteen. It's like what another one. Know? I mean, you had one every night. If you go back to Tuesday, Devin Moran, eighteen to five. Yep. So you you had a you had a hard charger every night. Uh, a hard hard charger too. <laughs> Earned it the hard way, literally. Yeah. No, but honestly, outside of that, like it is sad to see a place like that close because the racing is just so good, which they go back there one more time. But to know that the Winter Nationals won't be there anymore or may not even be Winter Nationals anymore, um, that's that's you could just tell from the raw emotion. And then you throw Dalton Wilson in there winning his first ever feature on the last night of Winter Nationals. Like it just felt like the perfect storm of the stars aligning in that fashion. So yeah, it was crazy. So you had, you know, going off of since last week, you know, you had Hudson O'Neill winning on, let me just make sure I got my dates right here on Tuesday. You had Huddy winning on Tuesday. You had 
Tyler Herb running out, winning on Wednesday, and he's come out and said that he really loves that place. Yep. We got to forget. We forgot Jimmy Owens also won on Thursday. They ran the double feature. Yep. Yep. Got to remember that one. And then, yeah, JD on Friday and uh, Wilson on Saturday to wrap it up. I am going to say, speak of JD, the night he finished second, was that the night he finished second? I think he had an all-time quote. He said he threw his nuts over his shoulder and he put it to the wood and never lifted. <laughs> to hear that from him was a complete wild card. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, oh, my um, God. I think I I know it's you want to speak to yeah, it being early, but some of these guys, I mean, you can tell like it's early, but they're starting to find their footing. I mean, JD was not bad earlier in the earlier at Golden Isles and wherever they were. Um, Baba he struggled, um, but it felt like you know, and I grant they're there for you know what five nights, so. I'd hope you'd get your program better, but he was somebody that was pretty consistent. You could felt like you could just feel he was knocking on the door to get one and finally got it done on Friday night. And then I alluded to it in my race preview, um, Dalton Wilson being Mr. Consistent. He was running, you know, top five most of the week, top three was on the podium. And along with Garrett Elberson, old Gary, Kellen's neighbor, um, and I threw that question out, you know, in my race preview was, do we get a first-time winner? Somebody, because they were alluding to it the whole time during the feed. Is this Dalton Wilson's weekend, or is this a Garrett Alberson? And sure enough, both of those. Um, don't want to say it was a coming-out party for him, um, but I think definitely, definitely those teams are putting themselves on the map that, hey, we might not win, but you're going to be seeing us on the screen a lot. Um, yeah, racing. they're showing. Yeah, they're showing they've got the iron to compete. Yep. So, got to be there before you can win them. That's the thing. It's always like that analogy. You got to be in the situation to get experience. Once you get experience, what'd you learn the first time? Make a move on it the next time, and then that's where those wins come. So, they're there. Yeah, and kind of a wild night. Um, B. Shep, uh, somebody who kind of struggled. Uh, throughout the week so that was kind of interesting to see but then if he just gets in the show it's like look out it doesn't matter where he starts it's like this guy's gonna be there and i just pulled up the friday night results plus 21 to finish (laughs) seventh ricky thornton jr went plus 19 so um literally 40 cards between two guys yep and then you throw in, you know, some of those regional guys, we we alluded to it last week, um, those re- regional guys showing that they can compete too. And Kelly, you'll love this shout out. Um, Air Force on Friday night, <laughs> Ashton Winger puts himself on the map. He goes plus 14 and he was up there mixing up on Friday and Saturday. He was up front. Um, but yeah, it was overall um is bittersweet, but wow, did that track put on some fantastic racing. Yeah. Even with the sprint cars tonight, a little bit, you can see um, a big, flat, smooth surface that the guys could just move around and try to find speed. So um, I'm glad they took the holes out of one and two before the feature. Um, And uh, what was his name? I can't remember. Bouncing through the holes. 
he said after he got out of the car because he just slowed one and two that he literally hit his head so hard on his headrest it knocked him out for a second. Um, Is that like uh, Jensen Ford? Jensen Ford, yeah. That he bounced through the hole and it knocked him out for a second. And you always know when you're watching racing, it's a scary thing is when they say they're checking on the driver and the camera pans away. Um, and they did that, and it's like, I yep. never want to see that. So, um, yeah, they just they just said that he kind of bounced through and he caught his headrest, and they're lucky he just shut the car down rather than some of the alternatives to that entire situation. Yeah. So, but yeah, a hell of a feature. Sad to see it go. That place is awesome. Any other final thoughts on Lucas Oil? Badass. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an awesome season. That's final thought right there. Uh, just throwing this out for food for thought. Uh, your top three points right now: Thornton, Neal, and Davenport, and they're separated by thirty points. <laughs> We're so, here for it. Throw that out, food for thought. So yeah, obviously that was the last Winter Nationals at East Bay. Um, one of our notes said it should be illegal that these that tracks like this close. So. <laughs> um, and we always allude to it if you need another reason to support your local tracks and get out there um, yeah. <clears throat> this is another reason because uh, these tracks can't make it go without us so um, sad to see it go luckily though we are going to go back there one time in mid-October right before they crown a champion at Eldora that's the last weekend racing before they go to Eldora and crown a champion so We'll get one more shot at it uh, to go down there. So, no other final thoughts on uh, Lucas Oil. Nope. We'll jump right into the World Outlaw Sprint Cars. Uh, they are World kicking Outlaw. off what? World Outlaws or High Limit? Because the high limit boys showed up. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't disrespect them. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying. I, I was doing a double take on, on the talking points, and I'm like, <laughs> what is he talking about? Oh, um, yeah. So back to the scheduled segment, World Outlaws Evolution. And I'll just kick it off just for you guys for first initial thoughts. And clearly, Kellen gave his talking point away already, but. Um, what were your guys' takeaway uh, for the first couple nights for World Outlaws? Them guys were racy, as always. Yeah. I mean, Brad Sweet just dominated night one, led all 25 laps, uh, stole the show. Nobody really came close. Courtney tried, but just wasn't going to happen. So Sweet pick it up right where he left off basically last year, stealing the show on. Uh oh, what the hell day was that? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like Brad Sweet like said, like, hey, I'm gonna go start my own series with Kyle Larson, but he showed up and just want to give a gentle reminder, hey, <laughs> if I want to come back and show you guys how to do it, I still got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was looking at I saw on Twitter. They were uh somebody had kind of threw like the first two nights. Um the podiums were it was like 
six and two of the top eight were high limit guys, and the only one on the podium of World Lawless guy was Gravel. Yep. So Gravel was the only one on the podium on night one for World Outlaws, as well yeah. as well J Justin Peck. Is he running high limits? I believe so. Yeah. So that's so yeah. Gravel would have been the only one of those. Yeah. So and there was nobody on night three. So. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, obviously, still really good racing. But oh yeah. Yeah, and that's that was that was something I kind of alluded to in my pre-race or my yeah my pre-race uh, preview was just watch all for because it really was it was the first race weekend for high uh, sprint cars in general so yeah uh, everybody was going to go on load because the high limit doesn't have a race limit for non-sanctioned stuff so they can go run um, and you knew all those guys were going to go down and shake their stuff down so. Um, it was just a good, really good field of cars, and it was just really racy. Volusia always puts on good races, so, um, yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. And I will say to that point, Volusia does put on awesome races, and I'm not a big, I shouldn't say I'm not a big, but like, you know, these half mile tracks. If we're on dirt, I'm not a fan. I mean, I would say you know. I shouldn't say I'm not a fan, but I don't think it produces the best racing with one caveat. I will say one thing. If you're, if you're racing a late model, don't, don't necessarily like a half mile, but these wing sprint cars, when you put those boys on a half mile, those guys are humming mm -hmm. and <clears throat> it's good to get, have sprint car racing just back in general. Um, because those are fun to watch when those guys get up on the top side and get on the cushion and they get a run going down the back straightaway and it's like, oh, holy smokes. Hopefully you got your uh, your belt strapped tight. But, um, yeah, and then Sheldon Hodenshield um, gets the win on night four of that, which I believe is Saturday night. So <clears throat> that's your first or second, he's run the World Outlaws. Um, yeah, so, he's run the World Outlaws. So that was, I'm sure the World Outlaws crew was happy to have um, them get a win. So, um, yeah. Um, any other final thoughts here on the brief touch on World Outlaws at Volusia? Just, just glad to have sprint cars back. Yeah, just yeah, real quick. David Gravel pretty much dominated night two as well, the twenty four or the twenty five laps. Uh, I thought I saw in there. Yeah, Donnie Shots was went plus eleven, and Logan Schuhart went plus twelve in that one. Uh, Tyler Courtney, like I said, one night three over Rico Abreu and Brad Sweet. Selzy was fourth, and Gravel was fifth. Donnie Shots again, hard charger plus twelve, going from eighteen to six. Uh, and then, yeah, Sheldon, Macri, and Sweet were your top three there. Uh, no real hard chargers on on that night as well. So, Sweet. Yeah. And Hottenshield uh, pulled away. He had a two-and-a-half-second lead. Which is massive the for them guys, yeah. yeah. Yep. Sheldon's a guy, when he gets it going, he can – 
He can rip. Yeah, he can rattle them off too. Yeah. There was a there was a moment and you know, a guy that I think we could all go for in uh the Royal Outlaws. The old North Pole nightmare, Bill Baylog. There was yeah. a moment where he was kind of up there and then he got got into some trouble and, and fell back. I think it was night one, if I remember right. Yeah, he started up fourth and just never really was able to do anything with it, but I believe yeah. that's his full it's his first year doing a full World Outlaws tour as well. So Yep. Yeah, so that was um your World Outlaws at Volusia, Sprint Cars that is. Um so yeah, as you mentioned, it's good to get those guys back going again. Um just adds more more screens for us and for you. Um to have to get more screens out and buy more subscriptions. So um, next race, race recap we're going to uh, hop into uh, was a little bit of um, switching disciplines, going back on the asphalt, a uh, little asphalt late model racing. We had the old icebreaker at Florence. And um, I guess kick it off to you guys. Um, I know there are some big names out there racing, but um Kick it off to you guys again. Just what were your initial thoughts, um, storylines that you guys had after that race? Yeah, so Dale Jr., obviously running that one. Uh, he's been running that one for the past handful of years. So you, you could almost say he's a common competitor for that one. Yeah, He's been running a lot of late-mile stocks, yeah. and he said that he loves running those things as well. So, um, no, otherwise, Casey Kelly, he led the early portion of the race, him and Sam Yarborough. Uh, we're kind of going back and forth with the lead for the first, first good half of the race. Um, pretty quiet, just kind of, you know, riding around or just getting around on the track. Uh, Yarborough ended up falling back uh, after those two went to battle. Caution came out late in the race, about 25, 22 to go. And Carson Quaffle just kind of biting his time, just wanting overpowering anything and burning anything up. Got his caution, started on the inside and just gone, took off. Can we can we get him and Dale Jr. to run different paint schemes, please? <laughs> they lined up one car from the other, and I looked at it, and I'm like, same exact paint scheme. It was a three and an eight, and I'm like, guys, I, I, we can't tell them apart. Can we can we go back to the black and orange Bass Pro Shop for one of you, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, same number five. Yeah, yep. yeah. Or even if Junior gets that sun drop scheme going again. <laughs> yeah, that one too. But no, I was that was good. And that was good to see Dale Jr. up there competing. It wasn't he wasn't just there to run laps. Like yep. the dude was competitive. I mean, for a while there, he was back in like that six, seven, eight range, kind of just battling a little bit. But again, you would expect that with what you would consider a savvy vet um yeah. and a race car driver that he just found his way to the front late in that race. So that was cool to just see him up there and not just running to run and, and obviously race everything to win, but being competitive and having a car in him that could do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, lap traffic did become a little bit of a factor there in those last two laps. Quaffle <laughs> yeah. got caught up a little bit. Connor Hall almost came in and swept away from him, but but Quaffle did a really damn good job, you know, weaving his way through and comes away with the win and started his 2024 campaign off strong. Definitely going to be looking to defend his car's tour title and, 
Uh, I think he's, if I remember right, he's running some Arca races. Wouldn't be surprised if he runs some Xfinity races here and there, but we'll see about that. He's, he, he might have a connection for that, I would think. Might have a connection, correct. He might know a guy or two. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Carson Clawful, Connor Hall, Casey Kelly, Dale Jr., and Sam Yarbor were your top five for that race out there in Florence. Yeah. So. I just got to bring it up. Anytime Connor Hall gets brought up, hey, shout out. I know you're still bouncing back from Martinsville. <laughs> he's he's going to go to his deathbed with that memory. Oh, oh shit. My God. Shout out to him being in the lead lap. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, to... uh, He's going to be oh, solid running with Nelson Motorsports in that 22. They're going to be yeah. solid. Yeah, for they got sure. A good program. He, he's going to be somebody that could give Quapel a good run for his money for that championship. Absolutely. Him, Hoffman, uh, Butterbean. No. They got that's a solid crew as far as guys running that tour this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, otherwise, obviously, Speed Week still going on at New Smyrna. Um kind of focusing in more on the super late model side of things and a little bit of modified as well. Uh, night one, Giro, Brent Cruz, Jet Nolan, Nick, Nick Nagali, and Connor Jones were your top five there. Uh, night two, Gus Dean, which is a really emotional win for him. One that he was really appreciative of. Uh, Brent Cruz, Giro, Austin Nason, and Derek Griffith were your top five on night two, which would have been on uh, Sunday night. And then you had the Modifieds running on Saturday night. They were kind of the main event there. Ron Silk picking up right where he left off with the with the 2023 championship. He goes out and wins that one with Johnson, Justin Bonsignor, Bonsignor and Doug Colby rounding out your top three. So some very familiar names as far as the uh, Modified series goes coming in one, well, two, three. Yep, Ron Silk back-to-back winner of that particular event as well. Yep, and actually he just won tonight as well, so. He loves that place. Says it's his favorite racetrack. Yep. So, um, otherwise, we also had practice tonight for the ASA Stars Tours race for tomorrow. I also have a race preview out for that on YouTube if you want to listen to that. Um, practice was interesting, to say the least. Yeah. That was kind of not so Did actually. they have a second practice tonight? They had three practices. They're done for tonight. Because I, 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 the only one I looked at was the one from the first one from this morning, or early this afternoon. And yeah, so they had. You saw that one. They had three practice sessions tonight. Here's uh, your any big storylines from that. I was gonna say here's your oh right away. Here you go. Uh, final practice. Uh, Colbert, Cole Butcher, Majeski, Pollard, Brent Cruz, Ty Fredrickson, fifth. Roderick, Tim Watson, Jet Nolan, Jake Finch, Connor Jones, Chase Elliott, 11th, Good, Goddard, Hind, 14, Nassie, 15, Rosario, 16. Swalich would be 19, Summers, 23, Griffith, 24, Nason, 25, Kraus, 27, Craig, 28, Albert Francis, 29. Um, going down the Lynch, uh, Caden Quabble, motor change for them. Yep. 
39th, Johnny Sauter, 40. Um, that's kind of some of the big names that we talk about that run that. So that was your final practice session of the night for Stars National Tour. Going into some of the other uh, practices throughout the days, these guys all made in the top five. Brent Cruz, Casey Roderick, Gio Rosario, Cole Butcher, Ty Majewski, Bob Pollard, Ty Fredrickson, Derek Krause, Stephen Assey, and Tim Watson were all in top five amongst the three uh, practices there. One name that's kind of sticking out to me here that could be a little bit of a spoiler is Brent Cruz. Yep. He's he was top two in both nights of super late models. He's been really fast in practice. He could come in and surprise some guys. How about Ty Fredrickson? Yeah. Coming Young in in some hot laps. Young gun looking quick. We so. said it. I said it after uh lacrosse. He just comes in and just runs. He's been figuring it out quick. That goes back to our uh, our uh, gas and brakes episode. I said he'll win a Midwest Tour race. Yep, and I wouldn't be surprised. That. Yep. So uh, as far as the racing goes on the two nights, it's been pretty much a if you start up front, you're kind of staying up front type of scenario. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. That maybe could come into play on, on Tuesday, even though it is a longer race as well. So, um. No, again, really, really stacked field. Going to have a lot of good guys. Practice kind of shed a light as far as who to keep an eye out for. And I think we've got our guys to look out for. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, I think <clears throat> just overall first couple nights, not a whole lot of movement Um, once it gets, you know, strung out a little bit. A couple times I feel like your shot is, you know, once you get a group of two or three, or four, you know, it gets strung out for the most part, but then you get a, you know, guys racing for third, fourth, and fifth. That's your chance to catch somebody and get around them. But for the most part, it's been, hasn't been a big mover race. Yeah. Our um, charger, it's been, you know, plus two or three here and there. And um, I think it was, was it Saturday night? One of those racing, we had a little rub in his race. And I think, who was it? Was it Jet Nolan? And Yep. Was it Connor General, Jones? Connor Jones, Renfro, I believe. Somebody was up there, and somebody was up there trading paints on their doors. Yeah, because um, Nolan got shoved way up the track. And I believe it. Well, Connor Jones, I think he had a little post race. He went running across on a video. He went running across pit road to get up to somebody's window net. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, if you if you haven't <clears throat> tuned in any of that, um, obviously tomorrow night's going to be a big show. Um, I think Kellen, you said 20 lock in. Um, yep. From so it's 28 cars, 20 on time, four through a last chance, four provisionals. Yep. So, so they're going to send, they're going to send 24 cars home. Yeah. 22 cars home. Yeah. A lot of, cars, a lot of good guys, a lot of good cars not going to make the show, going to be spectating. So um, if you're free on a Tuesday night, and again, if you got flow racing, um, we always say it, but this is almost must-watch TV. So, yep, um, be looking forward to that tomorrow night for sure. Absolutely. Any other uh, final thoughts uh, on on the late model on the asphalt? No, kind of a little little impromptu off schedule preview yeah, there, but that's how that's how we roll. <laughs> impromptu. <Rocks> off. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Um, 
definitely tune in if you got the shot. Um, and if you're looking for a quick hitter, uh, tune into our tire changers race preview. Um, I'll give you a couple quick hitters and watch it. But uh, for the record, today's race has been postponed for high limit. They will race tomorrow. Oh. So they will race on the 13th. Get another screen. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, and I, I I had flow up on my TV and I just tuned into the old USAC and it says this event has concluded. So I'm assuming yep. it got rained out as well. And I believe USAC is the same thing as well. I'm just double checking with them. Yeah. They will also be racing tomorrow. So we're gonna have a lot of racing again on uh tomorrow. <laughs> on a Tuesday night, baby. Yep. So ticket Tuesday. Are you done? <laughs> been, been trying to go to the next segment for the last 10 minutes. Sorry, my <laughs> bad. You got to keep the people informed. All right. <laughs> anything yes, else, anything else for the people? Next. I am ready. All right, tire changer, get a thumbs I'm up. I'm ready. Tires have been changed. I'm waiting on you, gas man. All right. Well, now we're going to get into um, the main on-course uh, or the main course for this week's episode. And obviously, um, the memes have been going around. You know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, which means we're only one week away from the Daytona 500. So uh, you can feel the anticipation and the hype um, just building for the great American race, uh, the Daytona 500. So as we get ready to roll off green uh, for the Daytona 500 in NASCAR season, uh, we thought, what better to do than spend some time this week just discussing a lot of things uh, NASCAR. Uh, obviously, a lot of different storylines coming into the year. Driver changes, new teams, drivers changing manufacturers, um, new bodies for manufacturers, and we'll even get into a little bit of hot or cold seat, um, who's racing for a job and who's um, safe. So um, I guess as we always do here, this first segment, I guess let's just kick it off. Um, what are some of your storylines that you guys are looking at? Uh, not only coming into the Daytona 500, but just the season in general, whether that be driver changes, driver changes to different teams, or drivers changing manufacturers, I guess. What are what are some things you guys are looking at as we get into um, this 2024 race season? I think initially when I think about the Cup Series now, I mean, you have your older veteran drivers, but I feel like the driver pool is a lot younger. And when you talk about Harvick retiring and, and Al Marola retiring in, um, you know, this – potentially being Truex's final year, like from there, it's like you start to look at it and now it's, it's Nemechek, it's, it's the Spire camp, it's Hulsevar, it's Zane Smith. Um, Daniel Emmerich. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I feel like this, we're getting set up for the future here this year with some drivers that are going to be set up to run the cup series for a long time. 
So I think that's kind of how I'm, I'm feeling right now. That's like my initial reaction in terms of, yeah, you're still got your Denny Hamlin. You still got your Martin Truex for a year. You got your older drivers, but it's setting up for some young guns to have some, some long tenure careers. And I think, you know, for somebody who's not, you know, involved in NASCAR or watching, I would say we're in that kind of changing of the guard, so to speak. Um, Cal, you know, our grandpa, um, when he stopped watching racing, it was starting to come into some of these younger guys, the Martin Truex at the time were younger, the Kevin Harvick's were just, yeah, we're coming up. And when he started tailing off and not watching, it was kind of this, you know, these younger youth movement, the Denny Hamlin, the Joy Logano's, they were starting to come up through the ranks. It wasn't the big staple names. And that's kind of what he lost interest was, you know, the Gordon, the Stewart, the, those guys, we're on their last hoorah. And he st- kind of said, you know, I don't know a ton of these guys anymore. Kind of feels though. I feel like we're kind of at that inflection point right now where we're looking at a lot of these teams are young, but this is setting up for the next 10 to 15 years of these guys in the cup series. No, hundred percent. And I mean, look at, you look at champions of, of years past, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, those are all young guys that are, like you were saying, are going to be around for a long time. You're not seeing that that veteran kind of pull that off. Um, you know, I think when you look at it, just thinking off the top of my head, you know, you're almost thinking like Kyle Busch is kind of now the Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, the Truex, Hamlin. Like, I think those are the tenured guys now. Yep. yep. Crazy, so you remember when they started? No, so you can count your, your so to speak, tenured guys on almost one, one hand, yeah. Yeah, and I think to that point, what's going to make this season interesting is not that we encourage it, but a lot more mistakes in wrecked race cars. You're gonna see a lot of guys that are. You know, John Hunter, uh, Zane Smith, Ahosavar, Josh Berry's got experience, a Gregson who's had half a year under their belt that something's going to happen. They're going to take out some good cars, and it's going to be a rookie mistake, rookie mistake, so to speak. Keselowski. Um, oh, Brad Keselowski K. Yep. is another guy. Michael McDowell. Oh, for sure. Oh, sure. Yep. Getting there. Getting there. Um, so I think kind of when you look at that youth movement, I think that kind of transitions a little bit into our next topic here of this new body. Well, new bodies. Plural. Yep. Yep. It's mainly sticking with Ford and Toyota you're talking. Yep. That these young guys where <clears throat> some of the older guys might have a little bit longer time adapting their driving style where these young guys, a lot of these rookies are hopping in this car for the first time. They don't know what to expect. Yeah. And we don't know what to expect from that either. Cause Chevy didn't change their body. Yep. So it's, you you know, you're not entirely tossing out that, that notebook, but you do have to take everything into account too, as far as what you're going to be doing, be able to do with that notebook. 
Um, yeah, and those guys that have been running that that body for a long time. I mean, it was no secret that Ford had struggles last year. You know, is that going to help improve their year, make them a lot more competitive? And especially, you know, Stuart Haas was obviously the team that got the, a good brunt of that. Are they going to be able to turn that around with, again, the new, new drivers that are coming in, young drivers that are already there? And then Toyota, too, they've always been good every year. Are they going to struggle this year as well? And we really don't know. Obviously, Chevy said, yeah, we're good. Yep. I guess Chevy said we have nothing to change, apparently. Um, but I think when you look at it, and here's kind of a crazy take. This could flip the script on the Toyota Ford debate, and maybe Ford comes out and says we found something and Toyota struggles. Yep. Maybe maybe we see a, a, a Joe Gibbs program struggle to find it early in the season where maybe Ford finds something and call me crazy, but some of those Ford programs could turn around and, and they could fire off and be fast right off the gate. Yeah. And we just don't know. We I was really going to ask this question. Which team are we going to see that's going to give us a, a shallow U that's going to start up here. It's going to go down like this for a while. And then, you know, mid well, playoffs, they start trending up. What team is you think is going to start off and they're going to go through that? You know the the Stuart Haas slump uh, that you know Stuart Haas went through for last Ford year. for Ford Penske. They do it regardless every year. <laughs> He's going to start on his own boy. <laughs> they do. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's that the, the beginning of the year they come out hammering strong. That middle of the season they just kind of get in a slump. Roger Penske kind of kicks some ass a little bit, and they come back when it matters. I'm going to say in the Toyota camp, I'm going to say it's going to be Gibbs. I, they always go through a little bit of a slump. They kind of do the same thing. Or they win some races early, they're feeling good, and then maybe not all instances they can control, but they struggle a little bit in the middle of the season, and all of a sudden, come playoff time, who's back winning races again? Yep. The Gibbs organization. I mean, look at where they were last year. Denny still isn't going to get a title, but um, – <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bell getting in the final four, you know, and he, he came he on strong. He, he showed up and he had the iron that said, uh, I'm here for it. Yep. Did he sweep the round of eight qualifying on the pole? Yep. Yep. Sure did. Yeah. That was a shame to see him break at Phoenix. Oh, absolutely. I wanted to see those boys duke it out because he was going to have something to say, I think. Yep. So. 100%. I guess talking about, you know, you guys have called out, you know, a Ford and a Toyota. And we've kind of alluded to him, Kellen, you you touched on him on their report card. But Stuart Haas went with kind of a whole remake of their roster um, and their drivers. And Ford having a new body this year and that Stuart Haas came specifically. I guess what are your expectations? Um now you start reading some reports on what Tony said and what he's spoke to the team and what he's feeling new energy after he gave him a good, the last two years have been unacceptable. Um, I guess kind of dialing in on, on the Stuart Haas camp. What are your guys' thoughts um, heading into the year? 
compelling. I know you're really in that SHR camp, so I'll let you take the reins on that one. Yeah, I gave them a B plus. There's going to be some growing pains, but I think they're going to figure it out. Actually, they don't have a choice. They have to figure it out because Tony Stewart's obviously publicly made some comments that that was blatantly unacceptable the last two years. Um, they are going to figure it out. I'm just going to come out and say it. they're going to figure it out. They're going to they're going to win some races. I mean, I would say one thing, a solid start for him was somebody who I didn't think was going to make it in the clash. Granted, he went a lap down early and wasn't really a factor, but Noah Gregson. No. It was a solid start for him to just get in the clash. Obviously, with his thing, he ran, ran a handful of races last year with Legacy and then <clears throat> had to take the second half of the year off. Um, but I thought a strong start um, for him. And for that camp, um, you got Barry in there. He's got some cup experience, limited cup experience. But yep. again, I think the changing of the body doesn't hurt him as much because he has limited experience. He's familiar in the cockpit so that he'd be comfortable in there. But I mean, I think when you look at the change of the body, I think I would expect him to be somebody. I, I'm going to say I'm expecting him to lead the charge for SHR. Those first three weeks after Atlanta, so Vegas, Phoenix, and Bristol, that's going to be your tone setter yep. for everybody. It's going to be your yeah. tone setter. Arguably then so. you, go, you go to Circuit Americas, Richmond, and then Martinsville after that. But those first three races, that's you got Vegas, which is your mile and a half, Phoenix, which is your championship race, and Bristol, your short track. You're just going to get three of them knocked out of the way, and you're going to see who's good and who's not. And you could shine on one and struggle on the other, but you, there's you're going to have to figure it out. Yep. That's that's the beauty of the schedule too. Is that you get to go all literally all four, three, four different uh, disciplines are racing right out of the gate to figure out what, where our baseline's at. Yep. So. No, Vegas will be that that really first one that you see everybody see who the boys, who the contenders, and who are the pretenders right early in the year. Absolutely. I guess <clears throat> kind of wrapping this conversation up, that follow-up point as we're talking about changing manufacturers, changing bodies, who do you guys think is going to be throughout the year the best performing manufacturer? Chevy. I I would have to agree. I think you get more consistency out of Chevy than you do the other camps. Toyota's hurt by their numbers. They don't have the number of teams on the track as compared to Ford and Chevy. But I think also Chevy is more consistent with their runs. Yeah. I think... And we we alluded to this last last week or two weeks ago. I think when you talk about in the back of my mind, I'm thinking who, who are your top three organizations for each manufacturer? It's got to be Gibbs, Hendrick, and then from there for the Ford camp. What? I was just gonna say Penske, just because they got the championship car. Yeah, Penske. Okay, so those are your top three. When you look, actually, at really, your past two defending champs in Logano and and Blaney. Yep. So when you look at that, it, those are your three. Your your tier one organizations for each manufacturer. And I think 
consistently it's going to be Hendrick, but I think Gibbs is one of those programs that could just at some point just rattle them off. They could hit something to rattle a bunch off where they might struggle in in those races they struggle. Hendrick will run consistent, but I could see them also getting in there mixing things up a little bit too. So you're talking about the Penske, the Penske camp being strong. Somebody I I mean, you can't sleep on them after they rattled off three wins last year, but somebody that I am expecting a strong year from is RFK. I do too, but I also think they're also hurting numbers a little bit. Yep. Correct. But I do think two team car or yeah, two car team. Um, and I think that is a team that is a hundred percent committed on the team, whether it's Brad Keselowski or Chris Buescher. It's not like a Hendrick camp where you kind of see two cars perform and two cars don't, or like Penske, where it's kind of again two cars perform, two cars don't. If you're including Wood Brothers, that yeah. is a this is an all or none situation for those two cars. Yep, hundred percent agree. And I am, I don't know. I think that was, obviously we've talked in depth on some of our previous episodes on the struggles they went through since Brad's come, Brad's come over and come an owner, but this is going to be year three now. And year two was, Hey, we're getting things figured out. We want to race. I just, Chris Busher did it. And somebody who I'm starting to pull for to get a win, and I think he's going to, is Brad K. Oh, I will I will jump off my couch as much as I do for Blaney if Kozlowski wins. <laughs> I want him to win so damn bad. Well, he's he's one of your old boys, so I get it. Yes. <laughs> and exactly. I just think between, like you said, between the two of them, Busher showed last year, like, hey, they're figuring it out. It oh. took some time, but – they are, I think they're definitely trending in the right direction, and that's somebody who I could see winning they're, a decent amount of races. They're putting Roush Fenway back on the map, and that yeah. was exactly what Keselowski's job was to do, coming in, just to put them back on the map. Yep. Build the team the right way, and he's done it. Let's see Brad yep. K get a win this Sunday. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. <laughs> you know, he might, you he know. might wreck the field coming through a fort. <laughs> <I was just laughs> He'll do it. He's got a snowplow on the front of his car when he goes to Daytona. Yeah, but I tell you what, Busher sure knows how to stay in front of that snowplow. <laughs> I know. Those two, they are not afraid to get up there. You know the old Danny peel out when things get a little bit hairy. Oh, yeah, those two when when things get hairy, does the pedal go any further to the floor? If so, <laughs> put her down. Yep. yep. But, um. Yeah, that's one team I think is is going to be um trending in the right direction. They are trending in the right direction. And somebody I can see, obviously, Bush would definitely put them on the map with their wins last year, but. Hopefully I could see a, you know, four or five one year for them. Yeah. If Brad K figures it out and they you start will. getting on. Yeah, I think they will. And, yep. Um, 
two points I want to rattle off here real quick. Uh, championship favorites, uh, looking at some of the sports books, uh, it's basically a four-way tie between, well, I mean, it's split four ways between Byron, Hamlin, Blaney, and Larson. Those are your championship favorites amongst the sports books. But you always get that kind of one surprise guy, you know, no bash on Bill, but I think he was that guy last year. And especially with the Netflix documentary that came out, which that's a good watch if you're interested. Uh, they were Netflix was kind of told that you don't need to worry about Bell. And he comes in and says, well, what a surprise. Nobody looks at me. Yep. Big time. So I wouldn't be surprised if he makes sneaks his way in. Uh, possible contract years for drivers, just kind of going off a of J ski on this. Uh, obviously we don't know exact contract years, but this, so this is all speculation, but, uh, Cindric, Truex, Burton, McDowell, Gilland, and Priest. you know, Truex has obviously got the rumors of him retiring. Um, but those other ones, I think McDowell stays where he's at. I think Gilland stays where he's at, but you got those other three, Cindric, Burton, and Priest. Some guys that might be kind of on contract years as well, so that hot could seat, be hot seat, hot seat. So all three, some, some some seats to keep an eye out for. You know, um, can I go ahead? I was gonna say, I was gonna say the third part of the segment we were gonna talk about was hot or cold seat, and our tire changers always jumping the gun, dropping nuggets. So let's get <laughs> right into it. Um, <laughs> Who's racing for their lives and who's sitting pretty? Um, Cal, Sindrick, Burton, Priest, Yolen. Yolen's safe. Sindrick and Burton, I'd be nervous. I'm Priest, I'm nervous. You got to win a race this year because there you don't think somebody's going to go, hey, Cole Custer, you want to come drive a Ford Cup car? Who else is, I mean, Riley Herbst, he's getting a lot of cup starts this year. Yeah. He's going to have a handful of Rick Ware. I mean, a few handfuls. Um, if he shows up, you could be looking at guys going, all right. And those are both SHR drivers in the Xfinity series. He might be looking at Priest going, hey, man, appreciate it, but what do we got to show for it? Was that Talladega last year in the playoffs? That which race was Herbst in? Yeah, Herbst was in it right at the end at Talladega last year. Yeah, in that thirty-six. Yeah. You know the way that the way that guys have been hopping around manufacturers lately. I mean, who's to say that somebody from a Chevy camp jumps jump ship to go to Ford either? Well, that's the other thing because you look at it and Chevy seems to have. Kind of got a little bit, not a backlog, but you've got longer tenured drivers that are fairly stable. Here's one. Austin Dillon. I know Pops is the team owner. I, I still think I think he's on a hot seat. Yeah. Just the performance hasn't been there. Yeah. Plain and simple. Here's a question for you. Kyle Bush gets his hand in the ownership side. Does that change things a little bit? I think so. Yep. Uh, uh, I think so, yeah. I'm going to say Austin Dillon's hot seat. I do just um, want to check one thing real quick. Where was the other name that I had that? Well, I was going to have to throw a hot seat at you guys. Um, 
Two of them. Bubba Wallace and Eric Jones. I think Eric Jones is safe just because he's kind of the anchor for that legacy team. And I don't think you can, I don't think you do anything after one year with Toyota. So I think he's safe. I'm going to agree with that mostly. It it's kind of feels like a contract year, kind of not. The change in the body is kind of throwing a little bit of a wrinkle in that. And for them changing manufacturers. I'm going to go the other way on Bubba and Bubba safe. Bubba ain't on the hot seat. Looking at both of them, they both signed contract extensions in 22 that were coined, excuse me, that were coined both multi-year extensions. And because they never disclosed the years, you don't really know when. Yeah, I'm going to say Bob is safe. He's shown he can win enough and lead enough and be upfront enough that he's safe. Yep. Jones, I, it depends on how much legacy really weighs the change in manufacture and body. Which we, nobody maybe even has that answer. Uh, Going back to Dylan real quick. One top five, seven top tens, average finish at 22. Not good enough. Correct. Okay. Two more more out at you. Uh, Spin House. (laughs) Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Boy, I don't know. I mean, he won the Daytona, but didn't really do anything after that. Again, if you're looking at extensions here, uh, signed a multi-year extension that begins in 23. So he's safe for at least least this year. He's like a 60-40, 60 hot, 40 cold. So you're saying it's lukewarm. It's getting he can feel he can feel the heated seat in the car. Yeah, it's getting warmer as the season goes on and he doesn't win a race. You following me on that? Yep. Basically, I'm gonna say it's a contract year for him. He shows up and he runs well, the seat cools off, he struggles, the seat's gonna get hotter the longer it goes on. Yeah, Girl, one more got. name you wanted to throw out. I don't know. I'm. I think I'm on that same spectrum with you. I'm on that sixty forty range. Yeah. Ready for another one? Yep. Daniel Suarez. No, I. Uh, so again, if we're looking at contract extensions here. He signed a multi-year contract extension with Trackhouse in February 23. So my my follow-up question to that is when is all these all hold on before we get into this. I know you're Mr. He's Mr. Analytics and Analysis here, our tire changer. But I think he's leaving out the clause in the contract that says if you don't perform, I 
all the I have the right to fire you. Hey, I don't know what the clauses are. I'm just reading what I'm getting <laughs> with the well, information I'm given. Hang on. Before you get into that, your contract stuff, here's my argument to that. Yep. So it starts in 23. That was one year. This is the second year. Yep. You have to remember Zane Smith is a track house driver running a Spire car. If Zane Smith shows up this year and he runs well, I think Suarez is kind of in the same boat as Stenhouse. If Zane Smith shows up and outruns him, um, Suarez might be out. Now, I, it could be crazy to think that, but you have to remember that Zane Smith is a track house contracted driver. Correct. So that's where I think the dilemma comes in there is, is what does Zane Smith do? Now, he's there's a lot of change for that young man, and I hope he runs well, but if he does show up in his rookie year, I think Suarez could be very well looking for a J-O-B, as they say. I'm not disagreeing with you, but what's the thought on track I was getting a permanent third car? That's another story in itself. Does that would potentially alleviate that? I'm just throwing that out there. I agree that he's definitely got to be, you got to see some performance this year. I definitely agree in that, but I don't necessarily think this is a hot seat year. I would probably be in that same realm with like Stenhouse, 60-40. Yep. No, if Zane shows up and outruns him, then we got a bigger problem. Sure. Pending the charter situation. Yep, and that's that's something that, that's kind of obviously going to be a background deal this year as well because that agreement's actually up at the end of this season as well. So if it does get renewed, we go back to the, you know, the quote-unquote the days of old. Plus, with the TV revenue contracts and possibly more money coming in, sponsorship being easier. I mean, those are two big discussions coming into the season that are just going to be kind of in the background, and we're not going to hear anything until something breaks. Yep. I got I got one for you as I'm scratching my head. You guys have been throwing around. Briscoe, Chase Briscoe. I think I'm more 70-30 on him just with how public Stewart's comments have been. You got that win at Phoenix in 2022. Rookie year. Yep. I I I think his seat's hot. He's going to be the year. This is your third year. Start showing something. You are the, so to speak, leader of this team. Like, we've got Gregson, Priest, and Barry. Like, you're the most veteran of this group. Lead this group. It's your third year. Like, sure. Yep. Come on. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm definitely closer to hot than I am cold for him, for sure. Like I said, I'm still in that that 60 to 40 range and just seeing like all these contract extensions. Like I feel like a lot of them guys are are safe 
especially this year, maybe even next year. This is true. We don't know what the contracts are. Correct. So, um, can all change in a hurry. Yeah, correct. And and like going back to that Stuart Haas thing too. Who's to say that's that's crew chiefs getting swapped or you know management getting swapped? I mean, he said that some big changes were going to happen. Doesn't necessarily need to be just drivers either. Correct. So, behind the scenes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, um. I only had I had one other thing I wanted to touch on real quick, but I'll let Cam since you're the host. I'm gonna let you steer in direction. I don't need to be jumping topics again. You got any other hot and cold seats? Nothing that come to mind for me. No. So maybe we didn't mention. I'll just say is I'll say they're. I'd say they're lukewarm as Bowman and Elliott. I know they got contract extensions. And I I know Hendrick is. I feel like the safest of all, but it's like after last year, the the Bowman and Elliott, and I know the racing related non NASCAR injuries, you know, whatever, and for Bowman and then Elliott. Even when they came back, they didn't run great. Exactly, and that's Elliott, why Elliott is safe. NASCAR's most popular driver ain't going to lose his job. Yeah, but I also want to win races. Well, there's, he's selling a lot of t-shirts, I'm just going to tell you. That's my opinion. Nope, fair I mean, enough. You want to win, you want to sell 20, $25 t-shirts, you want to win a $7 million race. That's for Hendrick to figure out. <laughs> for, for the record, he does have a contract through 27. It has been publicly stated that he has a contract through 27. Elliot does. Yeah, he's safe. Just to throw that out there. Yeah, he's good. Any other... Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, we're good. Hell yeah. Well, there's no other hot or cold seats. Um, we'll have to pan back to this maybe nine or ten races into the year and do a little heat check. And um, see where the seats are at. And um, if anybody's phone their their hind ends getting a little bit warmer, they're getting a blanket because they're cooling off. So uh, we'll have to pan back to this episode. Um, maybe you're on the Coke 600. That's a good time to do that. Yeah. Be yeah. check back in, see, do a little check in. Um, Gauge where the teams are at, the manufacturers are performing, drivers that have helped themselves out, drivers that have hurt themselves, um, or their stock, and go from there. So, with that, uh, we're going to jump into um, a next set, our next segment, which is I know we're bamboozling all the the followers here who typically if you didn't tune in last week we started dropping race previews sorry um just those two minute quick hitters here are some things we're looking at some storylines going into the race where they're racing um and just some expectations so if you haven't given those a follow or given those a listen and a like be sure to do that um we're having a lot of fun with those 
just quick hitters, fun to make, doing our own thing um, with the same goal and same premise, but um, doing our side job of being a content creator. So um, if you haven't checked out any race previews, um, give those a quick listen. Um, those are fun. Give you some storylines, two minutes, and you'll be up to speed on, on a race preview coming up. So um, we're going to jump into, I know we touched on it, but the World Series of Asphalt Part 2. Um, or you want to skip right to the big dog? No, I just, I was just going to say again, you know, they race on Tuesday night, uh, ASA Stars National Tour. Like you, I was saying before too, we got our race preview out for that. Talked a little bit about that as well, but we still do have uh world series asphalt afterwards. Uh, so you're going to see, still see a lot of guys, uh, running that afterwards. I was going to see if I could maybe find point standings for that real quick, if they're available. Um, but no, just keep an eye out for that. They still race throughout Saturday, uh, for that. So. Uh, I do have points, actually. Uh, Giro Ruggiero, Brent Cruz are currently tied for first. Gus Dean in third. Jet Nolan fourth. And Austin Nason is tied for fifth with Connor Jones. And they're pretty much right now kind of the five guys that are, are in the running for it. So keep an eye out for that, especially after this race. Because like I said, it is a tri-sanctioned race. So that's pretty much all I got for that. Yeah. And... um Tire Change dropped a good race preview on that um, earlier. So if you didn't get a chance, go to the channel, look at it. Again, two-minute quick hitter. Um, and then the old Jack man um, was up grinding um, this weekend, and he put out a race preview on, on high limits. So, again, obviously their first night got rained out, but he put out a, a good race preview on that um, yesterday. So, yeah. um, you know, for sure, lots of, so, lots of point regulars stack field tonight, obviously rained out, uh, makes tomorrow even that much more interesting. Um, so East Bay puts on hell of a show. So make sure we, uh, uh, tune into that, catch out on flow. Um, you got Larson, sweet Parker Price Miller. I mean, the list is, the list goes on and on and on. So. Yeah, we're right there. Getting ready for High Limit to get going. And for the record, High Limit does not interfere with uh, World of Outlaws, so they'll have everybody there still probably. Yep. Yeah, so um, be on the lookout again for those later in the week. Um, I know we got a couple other race previews here we're going to shoot out this week again. The goal is um, pit crew, find a race we're interested in, try to broaden the racing spectrum and horizon, find a race that we're a topic we don't always cover in depth um, on the podcast and just be able to learn something new about a different series and uh, give you guys a little quick hitter, some extra content, and um, yeah, just have some fun with it. So. Um, lastly, got the big kahuna and we're going to give it the respect it deserves. And we're going to spend probably the next 
five or 10 minutes here chatting on the great American race, the Daytona 500. I'm ready. So, what thoughts do we have? Somebody's, somebody's locking, someone's locking themselves in the playoffs. Yep. First race 2024. Damn, I am pumped. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Can't wait and, to hear the famous four words. Drivers, start your engines. Jeez. I'm jacked for fantasy. This weekend's just going to be. God, that shit starts already. <laughs> already. Um, fired up to get back in the saddle um, for the NASCAR season. But <clears throat> I guess, you know, as, as you guys think here, any big storylines or anything that you guys are going to be keen on watching, um, you know, coming well, up this weekend? Well, so obviously qualifying is on Friday. So for those that do not celebrate Valentine's Day, you've got a perfect excuse to not celebrate by watching qualifying for the Daytona 500 front row. Uh, then you got the duels on Thursday. So that's where you're going to really kind of see who who works out good, who doesn't. Hopefully oh. we don't have those type of duels going on. Uh, <laughs> Friday, you know, you got, you got trucks racing and you got or sorry, you got just trucks on Friday. You have Xfinity and Arca on Saturday, uh, racing that. One thing that I'm looking out for, and I know you, I, I mentioned it before, and you're probably gonna give me some slack for this again. Oh, but as, nope, not even, not even focus on Sunday. I'm focusing on Saturday. SVG. Oh, first well, super speedway experience. He's gonna be running. He's gonna be running. Uh, Arca, I believe he's running Xfinity as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yes, he he's running the whole season for calling. Oh, yeah, that's right. Duh. Um, so that's that's gonna be one thing that I'm looking out for this this weekend is just how he performs, uh, performs there. Yeah, I got my doubts on that, but <laughs> I could be wrong. If he if he brings the car home. I think that'll be a win. Honestly. Right. Good luck with that at that place. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And so one, what I'm going to be looking for, which happens every year is the big one. When does it happen? When, what, I just want to get a, attempt check on the race um see what everybody's feeling because you're gonna get the fair share of guys that their strategy is hey hey we don't get caught up in the big one if we're running up front bullshit that's happened last year blaney wrecked in the lead on the top at the top of the lane yeah so but you're not safe that, that's driver error um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Want to put that yeah. on the record? Um, you get the fair share of drivers that said, "Hey, I am not running back in that hornet's nest." Yeah, run, run back, back with the, run back with the squirrels. Get your nuts cracked. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you got that fair share of drivers that said, "I'm, you know, the peeling out and running in the back. I'm not doing that." So you get that 
third of the third of the field that's hey it's front get to the front no matter what you get that third of the field that says hey just ride around you know whatever and then you get that third of the field that says hey the Denny Hamlins hey if anything gets dicey or feels hairy get out and ride around in the back so I want to get a temp check on that early in the race but I'm going to say we're going to get a winner that nobody expects is That's this a what hint Daytona at your, uh, at your race pick here. Uh, I'm not releasing the race pick yet, but no, we're going to get a repeat Daytona 500 winner. I, I'm not saying we're not going to get a repeat, but I'm going to say it's not going to be a a Joey oh. Logano, a Denny Hamlin. It's not going to be some of those the big the bigger names. Oh, okay, all right. I think we'll get a new new 500 winner. But I don't think it's going to be anybody that, that we're surprised by either. You, you, uh, I think we're going to be surprised. No, I think we're going to get a, a spin house year two in a row. Not Ricky winning it, but we're going to get somebody a like type of driver, a type of driver, a Ty Gibbs. Uh, get out here. All right, well let's let's just pick them. We're you're well, spitting them already. Let's you want to pick this. now? You want to do yeah, it? Yeah, let's do this. We're talking about it. Okay. He's listing names going. I'm not going to pick them, but he's telling guys they're going to win the race. Like, what are we doing here? So, for the record, um, we're going to give, you know, picks here. We're getting two picks. Um, big race calls for big picks. Big race calls for big picks and the big rack. And so, <clears throat> we're going to give ourselves a little bit of grace here. And... You're up because um, because you your driver didn't even make it into the class. You get to go first. Oh, <laughs> dude, you didn't make the feature. Well, I'm gonna come out right away. Guns a blazing. We talked about his seat being a little bit warm. The Chevy camp's gonna be strong. Give me the 48 of Alex Bowman. Damn. Okay. All right. I'm not, you know, I don't mind that. Bowman's always qualified good if he could stay up front. Yep. Yep. Kellen, you uh you've got your name highlighted on here, but you gotta tell her. Ooh. Hamlin, baby. Whoa. Gonna add another he, ring on the Yep, the aggressor is gonna be aggressive. He he's got that shoulder fixed again. If you haven't watched the docuseries, yep, go watch it. Shoulders are fixed up, he's ready to rip. I'm taking Denny Hamlin. Did, quick question for you. Did that did you become a Denny fan after watching the docuseries or what? I didn't I I I moved from not liking him. No, his actions on the track don't change my opinion on him. And I don't know if you guys saw his uh actions detrimental last week. Did you see he officially retired? Hey, I beat your favorite driver. Yeah, I saw that. Well, that's too bad, but I'll take Denny Hamlin. His dad called and told him it's too cocky. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. So, so you retired it. Man, so no. you're, leave, you're leaving the low hanging fruit for me. Which is who? I'm gonna obviously take. I'm gonna William take the Byron. obvious favorite here in Blaney. But oh. so that's gonna be my first pick. So we're doing the snake style as well. So I also get the next pick. Yep. I'm gonna yeah, take Keslowski. Oh. 
Okay. I think he's going to knock that win out right at the beginning of the year. That was my pick. Damn it. I'm going to wait to see your other two picks. I had a third one in mind just in case. But Danny. I'm going to hold it until you two pick. So, um, Kellen, you're back up. Yeah. Man. Do you guys remember who was in the lead with two to go last year? No, but this is gonna this is gonna kill me because I I gotta take Spin House. <laughs> he's gonna go. He just he's he he loves these restrictor plays. He's good at he restrictor always, plays. Hundred percent. He's always been good. I'm gonna take Ricky Stenhouse. No, back to back is absolutely one of the hardest things on earth. But I'm going to take him, and that's that's. Hey, who I'm you take. the last one to did to do that. You took in Denny Hamlin. Yup. Cam circles back to you. Who is your pick? Hedging my bet, Eric Jones. Damn! Wow, for a Toyota camp that doesn't have many cars. Wow. Jesus. He's so, been, he runs decent at restrictor play races. So the guy that I had third on my list, he was oh. winning. He was in the lead with two to go. And he came out and said, if this would have been 1998, I would have won this race. Kyle Busch. Yeah. He was third on my list. He always finds himself in trouble. That's why I didn't take him for some reason, whether it's his fault or not. He always finds the middle of it. Sure. And then he gets that that post race interview that's just typical Bush fashion. He's that's eh, stupid, smashed up car, not my fault, just dumb race. And then he walks away. Yep. <laughs> well, so keep track of those picks as we go through the the Great American Race. And if you want to uh, join us on these picks. Fantasy is open on NASCAR Fantasy Live. It is free to join for those that are interested. Uh, join our league. We're gonna we opened it up this year. Uh, we talked did a lot of trash talking last year, and like I said, we're opening it up this year. Uh, we are the Three Stones Pit Crew Fantasy. That is the name. I have also put it out on the socials for those that are looking for it. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Join us. Make some picks. Uh, see how you compete up against us three stones. It probably won't take much. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Before we wrap this up, definitely join the fantasy league. But going back to our picks, I just want to know the logic. What do you guys, what do you feel? Kellen, why are you picking Spinhouse and Hamlin? Denny, Denny's always good for a good strategy there when he peels out and lets him wreck. He's got a good temperament for that. Um, and damn, Stenhouse is at he's up front restricted plates all the time. We've talked about this for years. He just he's a restricted plate guy. So Chevy didn't change the body, so he knows exactly what he's up to. Air changer. I mean, I took blame because I think he's one of the better super speedway drivers. 
and I took Kozlowski's because I think he's also one of the better super speedway drivers, and I think he's the next one in line to win the 500. You doubled down in the Ford camp there. I did. I think the Fords are great on the super speedways. I don't think the body change matters on super speedways. I just, it doesn't. It all comes down to that powerhouse, and the powerhouse didn't change. And I guess my my rationale is the showman Bowman, he's always got a rocket for qualifying. Starts up front. Um, so he's going to get up front. He'll lead, lead laps. He'll be there. Chevys are quick. And then I had to bet Eric Jones. He's shown flashes of it. Runs decent at restrictor plate races. And I don't know why. Guts feeling. Just Eric Jones. Not a bad pick. I was going to start the year off. I mean... We're locked in now. Don't you go changing your... No, no I'm not locking now. anything in. The only thing I'm locking in is those two picks, and one of those, one of my two picks is going to lock themselves into the playoffs, so... All right. Um, I was going to... I forgot to ask this question before we were talking about um, just driver changes, hot seat, you know, whatever. I was going to ask, and I don't, I feel like it's a pretty clear cut answer, but if you're looking at rookies of Zane Smith, Hosevar, and Josh Berry are, so to speak, rookies this year. Does anybody give Josh Berry a run for rookie of the year? Does Hosevar and Smith give Josh Berry a run for the run for his money and rookie of the year? I'm going to say no. It's going to be Barry Smith and then Halsevar. That's my tier. But I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's going to be Barry. I think so as well, just because this. I just feel like that Spire camp isn't fully prepared to run that competitively yet. Correct. Yep. All right. Well, any final thoughts? I'm just ready. Sunday. Oh, this is, yeah. Let's go. Showtime. Yep. Enough, um, talk, enough talking. Let's get on the track. Yep. Elbows up. Yeah. So. Another fun episode, um, as we always do, touching a little bit dirt. Um, your local, not local, but um, I guess regional tour uh, or national tour with ASA. Um, and then all the way up to talking NASCAR, expectations, hot seats, cold seats, and the Great American Race, the Daytona 500. So, um it's been a dang good episode. Um, as you can tell, we are all absolutely fired up for just kicking the, the race season off. Um, there's nothing better than than the build on Sunday afternoon, waking up on Sunday and 
the pre-race festivities and all that, the cars lined up on pit road and everything. Awesome, awesome watch. So, um, yeah, be sure. Racing starts Friday night at Daytona with the Truck Series. Saturday, got the Xfinity and um, ARCA race. And then Sunday. Um, Great Sunday American race. Sunday afternoon. Grab your favorite beverage, whatever that may be. Sit down on the couch. And don't move until the checkered flag drops. It's going to be can't miss TV. So, as always, um, drop the channel, drop the video, channel a like, throw us your comments, your race picks, who you think is going to win the, the old day 2500. Um, give us some comments. Um, turn your bell on. Um, obviously, we're starting to put out more content as we get up to speed. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, some more race previews throughout the week. Uh, we're going to continue to just drop those on some different series and some quick hitters. So without further ado, we're going to burn it down at the Daytona 500. We'll see you guys next week.